You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right. Welcome to Discovering Multifamily. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato. And we have a very special guest here with us, uh, San Eng, who's a good friend of mine. And uh, he has a uh, vast amount of experience uh, with investing in not only real estate, but, and he could talk to this, but uh, many various alternative investments that I'm sure a lot of uh, our listeners here haven't even considered. Um, His experience spans more years than mine. And um, he'd be a great person to hear his insight from. He runs uh, Skyteen Capital, um, and he can uh, talk to you about that a little bit more. And he's just a great guy in general, and I'm happy to have him here. So welcome, Sam. Thank you, Anthony, and uh, happy to be on the show. Uh, that's a very nice intro and a, and a very complimentary way of saying I'm old, which is true, compared to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not old. You're not old. You don't. Don't look at it at all. Um, and, and also, San runs, um, the, correct me if I'm wrong, with the Wizards Institute, which is essentially an uh, educational platform um, to um, educate people on, um, you know, uh, financial independence, um, you know, through various, mm-hmm. you know, uh, methods, not only real estate. So uh, we definitely want to hear more about that. And uh, San has a, a book he's working on. So we want to hear a little bit more about that as well. Great. Great. Okay. Where should we start, Anthony? What would you like to tackle first? Yeah. So I guess we're recording this in, in the midst of um, this pandemic here. And um, what, what I think, you know, what I'd like to tackle uh, just in general, um, when people are looking at the stock market, when they're looking at the Dow specifically, and, you know, it's down, you know, 18, 20% from where it was, um, you know, a month, a month and a half ago at this point. Um, what in general would you recommend to kind of diversify out of that, you know, situation so people don't drive themselves crazy looking at their portfolio um, and not having any control over it? Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a great way to start. I'll give a brief background on SkyCan, what we're doing, because it, I think it directly answers that important question. Uh, so I've been running as a partner of SkyTN over 20 years. Essentially, is a multi-family office, my own capital, uh, some of my, my siblings' capital. And over the last few decades, we have invested in all kinds of assets. As you said, we are, I personally have done a bunch of ventures, venture capital, uh, anything from technology to early stage consumer to blockchain. I even did an insect farm recently in Black Soldier Fly. So all kinds of esoteric as well as standard things. Uh, like equities, stock trading, investing. We'll also invest in a bunch of uh, venture capital and private equity funds. For example, I invested in the fund in Myanmar that is run by some friends of mine, uh, ex-Goldman Sachs folks. Um, I guess as early as two, three years ago, we decided that the market was a little nuts. So so we, we decided to shift our, our portfolio. And um, I'll just focus on my piece because again, we have different partners. Um, we, we decided to put obviously a lot to cash, um, but I was also looking for things, assets that had um, safety would yield, which is obviously tough to do. 
Um, and so one asset, I'll talk about several asset classes. One asset class that we put money in uh, maturely are Canadian mortgages. Uh, and, and this is not direct lending. This is really uh, investing in Canadian mortgage funds passively. So we're in five or six of these funds. Um, and net of the fees, it's about 8.5 to 9% uh, dividend paying. Uh, fairly safe relatively because it's 70% LTV. It's a first mortgage typically. And the Canadian mortgage market, hopefully this stays true, Anthony, because obviously the world's a little different now. But certainly in the past four, five, six recessions in North America, Canada actually stayed up very, very well. Uh, relative to the USA. I put some money into farmland, uh, also Canadian farmland, which is a uh, illiquid but has never lost money over 60 years. In fact, it averaged 10.6% over the last 60 years on average. I think the lowest year is 5.5%. Uh, I got to check the numbers. Um, and then the other major piece for me was really looking at multifamily, exactly what you do. Um, and in particular, uh, large units, 50 plus, <clears throat> 100 plus doors of multifamily, that are considered workforce C's and B asset types. I felt that those were, uh, given the population growth, given urbanization, uh, and obviously given the 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 strong supply demand dynamics, that was a good good asset class. And hence, we we reached out to you guys. We thought you guys wanted the the the, the more honest top sponsors, and hopefully we can do some business with you as well. Okay, but you know we're looking at others. But primarily for me, it was really looking for safety. Uh, uh, besides cash, uh, and but also trying to find ways to have safety with some kind of cash flow, which obviously the, the mortgages provide, and also your product also provides. Right, that's no, that's great. Can you um, kind of speak to um, you know your you sort of touched on your investment strategy, strategy, which um, you know it kind of explains what you do at, at Skytan Capital. But could you talk to my viewers a little bit about um, you know, a, a lot of my viewers are listening are interested in, in real estate and multifamily specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, let's kind of pivot away from that. So you mentioned a couple of products. So like the Canadian mortgage REITs, um, you know, Canadian farmland. I think you mentioned something about an insect, well, insect. <laughs> what, what was yeah. that? <laughs> could, you, could you touch on that a little bit more? Just, I love for my listeners to, to hear that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so as I said, I, I, uh, uh, and this is also part of why I'm writing the book. I previously ran a uh, uh, and finished investing a hundred million dollar venture capital private equity fund. It was out of China, but we did. Uh, we looked at a bunch of tech. We looked at different consumer sectors. And prior to leaving China for personal family reasons, we were we were on the path to raising a three hundred fifty million dollar fund. Uh, and so, as a GP, as a, as a manager, you you look at different sectors and you try to learn different things. In reality, we really know nothing but we tried to learn a bit of something and try to bet on themes. And uh, I think that going forward, if I, and I'm still investing on, um, I, I don't have a venture capital fund now, but I still selectively invest in, in, in big themes. Uh, again, one is multifamily housing, uh, but in the tech space, I like space tech. You know, like, like most of us uh, guys, we probably are in love with the, the Elon Musk's of the world. Uh, and both Elon and Jeff Bezos obviously betting heavy on space tech. Um, you know, that theme makes sense. It's actually related to agri-fruit which is a space that I think has a lot of future. Uh, and the reason is we have 7.6 billion people today. Uh, all estimates are saying we're going to go to 10 billion in the next 10, 20 years. So that ties into the housing, right? We need housing, but we need food. And food and farming are 
anywhere of 25% to 40% of climate change, depending on who you talk to. Uh, there's 2 billion people in the world that are smallholder farmers that are in poverty. So if we can figure out how to grow food better with automation, with, with you know, the plant-based proteins, blah, 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 we can solve a major humanity problem, right? Uh, because according to Cornell, uh, did you go to Cornell? Okay. Yes, I did. Yeah, Cornell, <laughs> Cornell actually did a, uh, did a study a few years back, and I, I, I got to check this, and they said, if the Earth, our planet, should not be supporting more than 2 billion people on if you were to live in sort of a normal, sane life. We're going to be five times what Cornell recommends. So I think what space tech makes sense is you know, we've got to find a ways to, to how do we become interplanetary. We've got to find better ways to produce food, blah, blah, blah. To make a long story short, one of the spaces that I'm very hot about is insect protein. Uh, so, so there's a number of, uh, of initiatives that are harnessing insects which can consume waste uh, but produce protein. Uh, insects also have superpowers. So uh, there's a fly called a black soldier fly. Uh, it's actually quite famous now. Um, they, they produce something called AMP, antimicrobial proteins, that when consumed in a certain way, blended, let's say, with fish food or chicken feed, it makes the fish, uh, it lowers the mortality rate, and it makes them grow faster, so more efficient, stuff like that. So, so that's one of the uh, projects we invested in, uh, just for fun, to, to save the world, but hopefully make some money out of it as well. That's awesome. Um, I haven't heard of an investment strategy that has that um, yet, at least, at least in, in my yeah, realm. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's well, well, great. The, the, it, it's startup Z, but there, uh, I think the last two years, about 800 million venture capital have gone into insects, uh, primarily into black soldier flies. So in theory, it's, it's amazing because you collect the food waste, let's say vegetables or, or, or fruits from Loblaws or supermarkets uh, or, or the leftover grains from breweries and, and the flies consume it. They grow four times the body weight per day. Uh, the lava gets harvested for pet food, for fish food, whatever it is. The pea becomes a fertilizer and then the leftover stuff, the poo, uh, gets harvested as uh, organic soil. Right? Pretty wow. amazing. It works. It works. Again, my, my, the company that we invest is doing this right now as we speak. It's just uh, there's some scalability issues. That is amazing. That is amazing. Uh, <laughs> okay, we don't want to spend too much time on your show about flies, but I can talk all day about it. We can, yeah, exactly. We can have a whole whole episode on it. Um, so that's great. So can you um, – do you have like a theme in general? Actually, do you – you have like a, did you come up with the title for um, the book you're coming out or at least a preliminary title that we can talk about? And I'd love to hear what type of content you're, you're willing to preview to my listeners um, once your book is sure, ready thank, for thank distribution. You. Yeah. So, so as of today, my, my time is really split in Sky, Sky 10 Capital and, and uh, pre-recession, pre which, which is really right, right before the corona, uh, we were going to put 70% into mortgage lending uh, and get the nice yield and safety and 20, 30% hopefully betting on sponsors such as yourself in, in U.S. multifamily real estate. Again, we get sort of a combination of safety and yield. Uh, the, the strategy is uh, post-recession, post-depression, we would kind of try to swap that essentially, you know, uh, get out of some of the mortgages because we believe asset prices will be cheaper, right? And so we're actually in the post-recession, post, um, post-depression strategy now. Uh, it's not necessarily the best time to buy it. Probably would have a few months to go. But the idea is that we would uh, take the cash, uh, 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 liquidate some of the, the, the safer debt instruments, and bet 
aggressively on equities, particularly multifamily real estate, uh, passively through good sponsors like Red Knight, but also actively looking to to buyers well. So so that that's really the sky ten strategy. Now I have three kids. I have three teenage daughters, and when when they were. Uh, I think as early as 12, uh, I force fed them Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek. And believe it or not, they actually got it. They kind of got it. And, 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 you know, my oldest friend came to me and said, Daddy, I don't want to work. I don't want to go to a 9-to-5 job. Said, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I want to I want to be uh, financially uh, uh, independent. So, so this is really the reason I started a Wizards Institute, really, is to try to uh, create an educational platform to teach my kids. And to talk to smart people about how to make money passively, especially uh, smartly, but also teach financial independence. So my personal goal is for each of my daughters, hopefully they could do some real estate or other instruments that by age of 21, before they get out of college, hopefully they, they can be somewhat financially independent. It's kind of an ambitious goal. Uh, and so for Wizards Institute, it's, a, it's Wizards.Institute, we, we, we have a weekly uh, learning sessions from, from very successful people, investors, fire people. And from these learnings, uh, as well as other research, we're, we're going to publish a book about it. Uh, and the book is called um, The Investor's Bible, a handbook of uh, practical advice uh, from the world's greatest investment wizards. And there's going to be a special focus on experts and wizards that have survived and prospered during economic downturns. So sort of the post-corona environment, right? So we're about 100 pages in, Anthony. I think we're, we're, we're targeting a summer release of the book. Hopefully, hopefully we're good. That's uh, awesome. Uh, hopefully you can give my listeners a kind of a sneak preview or at least maybe 50 pages free or do something. Thank you. We'll give have me that. a copy. No. We'll have the website up soon, so we'll be releasing some of those. And actually, it's great because we're we're getting feedback as well as we release chapters, and 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 then we're, we're editing that and adding more content to it as we get feedback from from the from the audience. That's really great. Can you um you you spoke about your family and and your three daughters? Can you talk a, talk to my listeners about how important it is to like you said they're they're not even twenty one yet, right? How important it is to set yourself up for that kind of success, even at even at such a young age, um, you know, to to set them up for, you know, finance doesn't have to be 100% financial independence because they still, you know, um, need an incentive to work and to be driven and to make a difference in in the world. Um, you know, how do you how do you, you know, shift that a person that's so young in that, um, you know, what some most of the people that who are in that age bracket are, you know, in college or so. And, um, all they're thinking about is partying and having fun and yeah, they're studying too. They, they, you know, they have an idea of what they're going to do after college or maybe just finding a job right away. Like, how do you, how did you, I know you made them read those two books you mentioned, but how did you really instill it in them? I mean, it must be, they're just a good father and, you know, <laughs> um, making getting the message across how how important it is to uh, you know invest in, in in things like this invest in um, you know and make sure you have like you said cash flow but tangible assets at the same time that build equity value. How do you how do you make someone that young understand that? Like how do you because because <laughs> well, I, I wasn't I, thinking I, about this you know when I was you know eighteen nineteen years you know at all. Yeah, yeah, and similarly, I, I wish I had gone into multifamily and, and I wish I had 
red uh, reset for that sooner uh, as opposed to to really in my 30s and 40s when I really started practicing it. Um, but the answer is I, I don't know, Anthony. I don't really think I've successfully done that yet. There, there, there are 13, 14, 16 uh, year old teenage girls. So, so every day is a challenge. Um, but I think just do incessant bothering and, and pestering them, you know, eventually it sinks in, even though you don't think they're listening. Um, I don't, I don't think we're successful yet, but, uh, during spring break, my, my daughter who goes to boarding school, we were actually driving around New York, New Jersey. I had, uh, intentionally bought or signed a letter in, intent, um, to buy foreclosed to family. And she agreed to help me close that deal. Right. So, so we were going to do a two family deal. I said, if you do the work, not all the work, uh, then I will give you a piece of it. And then the, the, uh, the original plan was that the summer she would spend uh, uh, two out of three months with me in New Jersey. I actually wanted to bring them to see you and Brian to learn from you guys, uh, but also from my brother who's done a lot of bird strategy. Essentially, I would say, okay, if you could then go and do sort of soup to nuts, you know, go find your own deal with my help, I'll lend you the money. I'm not going to give you the money, I'll lend you the money. And she agreed to it. But obviously, uh, the, the, the virus... Um, um, uh, kind of put a stall on that, uh, and so instead, I uh, I signed up for a program uh, with Brad Sumrock because I don't know if you know him. He's the apartment king out of Dallas. It's a very expensive program, and typically, uh, if you're a student of uh, Mr. Sumrock, you could add one person. And so my 16 year old is my partner in here, and so she's actually listening and watching the videos daily how to do apartment syndication. <laughs> uh, but again, awesome. my plan still my plan still is uh, when um, when when we're able, Anthony, I like to take a, a her to come meet you and, and Brian because what you guys are doing are also very very impressive. Thank you. I love to love to meet her. She sounds like uh, really developing um, and up and coming. All thanks to you. That's that's really awesome. Um, and, and can you, can you kind of, um, you know, kind of wrapping this up a little bit, but pivoting, you know, we'll talk about real estate now and, and multifamily now. Um, are there any, I know we've actually looked at, you know, doing a couple of deals on the active side together, um, in markets like Tampa, et cetera, um, you know, pre COVID are there, you know, any, any sort of markets you're, you're looking at, you know, outside mm -hmm. of obviously we're both you know, New Jersey people, um, you know, outside of Northern New Jersey, um, you know, moving forward once we're out of, you know, COVID-19, is there anything? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I try to put two hours a day, uh, to evaluate deals, um, both passive and active. And this is, this is multifamily. I, I've stopped deploying into the mortgages, but just because, uh, less of a fear of, of losing money in them because I think Canada, at least during the products that which are good, it's just that I feel more, I find there's more upside in, in the equities in the States right now. So uh, today I need to make a decision on a passive in a uh, Dallas deal. Um, the, uh, again, it's very similar to you, the, the one that I, I hope to go in with you guys in, in Central Jersey. Um, the, the concern is obviously the oil issue, it's, it's near DFW, not Houston, but I think there might be an impact. But the plus is they were able to negotiate a six-month guarantee from the seller saying that if any of the uh, uh, obviously income is lost due to virus, he'll make, the he'll make the difference based on the day of purchase. Uh, he also lowered his price about $200,000 uh, uh, off the, I think, the initial about $10 million purchase. 
Um, and then the sponsors are putting half the money in. So, so there's a lot of strong, strong on that, but I'm trying to figure out from the macro whether it makes sense. So passive, I, I'm looking at any of the strong markets, whether it's Texas or Nevada or Florida. Active, I'm primarily focused on smaller ones in Jersey with my brother, and hopefully you guys, uh, if there's larger ones. Uh, but my time in terms of active is really looking at Central Florida, Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater. So I'm evaluating deals there. Um, I, um, I haven't closed one yet. Hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll find a good one. This year, once we're out of all this, there'll be some really good opportunities. I think are gonna are gonna yeah, come up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, are you guys seeing price reductions yet? Um, slightly. There hasn't, in my opinion, we haven't really seen things come to the market. I had a few. I had a list of some off-market opportunities that um, sellers wanted to get rid of, and I I looked at the pricing. I was like, eh, it kind of seems what they were before. I don't th I don't think we're really seeing it yet, and I don't think we're gonna see it. At least for, at least until like Q three, maybe the end of Q three or so. I, I don't know how significant it's mm. going to be. I, there's a few um, multifamily brokers that I've actually interviewed on uh, this platform, um, based out of like the Denver area, and uh, they haven't seen it yet. And they went live with a couple deals. Maybe it's you know five basis points, ten basis points. But again, it, like you said, it comes down to. The market it's in, number one, and the type of product it is, and how much deferred maintenance it is, that all at all factors into um, the cap rate or, or per per unit. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I do think there's going to be a lot of opportunity once we're uh, getting closer to being out of this, and we don't know when that is yet. So um, that's great. So uh, Sam, how can people find you? Um, you know, if they want to connect with you and. Uh, San also runs, like I said, the uh, Wizards Institute. They run uh, webinars. He's actually having uh, one tonight. Is tonight? Tonight you're having one? Yeah, yeah. We, we, okay. we do a, a, an hour talk with, with smart people, people that are much smarter than me, every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So tonight is a gentleman by the name of James Ng, uh, no relation. He's a younger, very successful Ng out of Texas uh, who runs uh, Old Capital uh, they do uh, mortgages. He's, he's, he's done about a billion dollars worth of mortgages and invested in six thousand units. So he'll 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 share his views on how he sees the the, the economy and, and the real estate market. Uh, but uh, it's it's a it's called uh, the website should be up by next week. It's wizards.institute wizards.institute and that's where we'll, we'll we'll post updates on the book and also any any future events. Uh, I also uh, write about investing quite profusely. Um, uh, you know, every time I meet somebody smart, I try to document it to one or two pages and, and there'll be links to that, uh, in the website. Yeah. Awesome. And there'll also be links to all those links that Sam mentioned in the comment section of this podcast. Um, and, uh, I'll make sure that's the focus so you can reach out to Sam. Um, he also has a LinkedIn page. You can reach out to him on there. Um, if you want to also reach out to him, reach out to me, I'll put you in touch with him. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll wrap it up with just three, you know, closing questions. And I think you answered one of them. My first question was mm -hmm. going to be, what was your, you know, favorite, you know, business book? It doesn't have to be real estate specific. Yeah, I, I think this is, this is quite uh, not generic, but comment. I, I think I like, I like Kiyosaki and I, in my book, I, I actually wrote my book uh, with my brother, like, five years ago, we finished your five years ago, hundred pages, but it, it's really dense in the sense that it's, it's heavy with great content. So Anthony, smart guy like you can digest it, you know, easily. But 
I love how Kiyosaki and others kind of make it make a point, but make it into a story and 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 make it really easy to digest. So even my twelve year old understands it. So 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 I would say I wouldn't say it's the greatest book in the world, but in terms of reach, in terms of impact, I I really respect that. So we we hope to have a similar uh, approach to that for our book, where we deliver quality content, but it's not so dense that you would fall asleep, you know, and you need you need you know six months to finish it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and number two, so um, outside of you know investing in real estate, what are some of your hobbies? And you mentioned your daughters. Um, you know, what, what what else do you do for fun? Well, we're stuck at home, so on a daily basis, we're, we're doing the the uh, exercises. Uh, my, my daughters, especially my second one, actually is into this this YouTube dance thing. So we're we're doing that every day. I'm trying to catch up. Uh, we're also cooking. I'm cooking. Uh, we're really becoming gourmet cooks now. Uh, ye- yesterday, I made an oxtail. I, I made uh, a sort of a stew oxtail uh, with beans, which the kids liked, which is always good. Uh, so, so just upgrading, upgrading my skills. That's awesome. Um, and then, uh, lastly, um, I would just ask: Do you have if there's a number one role model, whether it's just in business or in life, who would you, who would you say that is? Um, well, I, I'm not sure if I share with you. So, so we're, we're first gen immigrants. Um, and, um, uh, so it, I would say it's my parents, we, we came, you know, my, my, uh, my dad was the chief engineer of his town of 6 million people in China. My mom was a very well to do, uh, a well, um, established government official in China. And w- when we came to the States, uh, in New York city, Chinatown, obviously uh, they they lost all of that and ended up working through the factory. So, so uh, unfortunately, my 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 parents, um, my, my my dad first, and and then my mom and then my brother who was taking care of him uh, fell to COVID uh, in the sense that they they caught COVID. Uh, my dad and my brother did uh, are recovering as we speak. Uh, NYU did a great job, but unfortunately, on the fourteenth, my mom passed away. Um, so I, I like I, I want to honor them with this book, and, and I think. Uh, Although this may sound repetitive, you know, for your readers, this shit is real. Um, and, and, you know, just do all the things that the, the leaders are saying on TV every day, you know, stick to that uh, because, because uh, this stuff is, is not over yet. And so, so. Yeah. Great. Well, sorry to hear that. Um, but anyway, so thank you so much, Stan, for, for coming on the show. Um, really appreciate your time. And I'll definitely put links to everything that you mentioned in the comment thank section. You. Thank you. And uh, give them a round of applause again. I think that was a great show. And I hope, I hope everybody got something out of that, um, you know, outside of real estate, but can also apply it to their, you know, real estate endeavors. So thanks again, Sam. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And kudos to you, Anthony and Brian. Uh, I'm learning a lot from you guys. You guys move really fast. You're doing great work. You're finding you. great assets. And hopefully we can do more in the future. Great. Thank you. I look forward to having you. Bye-bye. Awesome, Sam.